We are the A. Atlanta, you know what that means. This is Brad Gazan of your MLS champion, Atlanta United. Atlanta has an unmistakable spirit, energy, and pride. And at Mercedes-Benz Buckhead, we are the A2. Mercedes-Benz Buckhead is Atlanta. Community-driven and passionate about what drives you. Test drive the new 2019 A-Class starting at 32.5 at Mercedes-Benz Buckhead and find out why we are the A. Mercedes-Benz Buckhead. Online at MercedesOfBuckhead.com. It's the 50th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. I can't imagine people 50 years ago wanted to say, let's run. On July 4th, one of the, probably the hottest days of the year. 50 years of traditions. I'm excited to do the Peachtree every year, but this year I'm most excited about the 50th anniversary t-shirt. 50 years of champions. Atlanta, it's a great city, the course, the atmosphere. 50 years of Atlanta's July 4th tradition. It's just exciting being around that many people in one race. Let's get you ready. You're listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks for joining us here on the Peachtree Podcast here with Jay Holder of Atlanta Track Club. I'm Jennifer Perry and at least, Jay, we're getting a little bit of a break from the heat, but I will say the last two weeks kind of gave all of the runners preparing for this year's 50th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race a taste of what it could be like on July 4th. You know, I know as a northerner that it takes me a good three to four weeks to really acclimate mm-hmm. to the heat and humidity. So it hitting in full strength in the middle of May was perfect for the Peachtree training. But yeah, these last couple of days have been great for running. We are hoping and praying that that's the kind of weather that we get on race day. If you ran the Braves Country 5K this week, you thought, man, this is great. This Can is we awesome. get this for the Peachtree? Yeah. <laughs> We're doing the same weather dance you all are. Uh, hoping that those are the conditions that we have on the 4th of July. We're under a month to go. One month to go. And if you were one of the few thousand who attempted the Braves Country 5K, if you conquered those hills, Cardiac Hill will have nothing on you. So (laughs) I don't even lie to people when they ask me now. They say, is this course hilly before Braves Country 5K? And I say, yeah, it's it's the hill. You can't find any place around the battery that's flat. So yeah, it's a great training run. I love where it falls on the schedule Mm -hmm. leading up to Peachtree because if you're training for a 10K, a 5K on that course is the perfect kind of workout indicator to see where you're at as you approach the the 10K distance on the 4th of July. A great tune-up. And uh, we're going to have a guest today who's going to help us with some of those last-minute tune-ups in these final few weeks before the AJC Peachtree Road Race. A former Olympian who works with Atlanta Track Club and really is instrumental in helping a lot of runners get started on their plans. Yeah, she went to the Olympics in the 10,000 meters, so she knows something about the distance. But she doesn't just work with elite athletes. She's really a great coach for every range of runner and walker participating in the Peachtree this year. So we're going to talk to Amy Begley, who coaches our in-training for Peachtree program, about 850 athletes getting ready for the race across the metro area, and get her last-minute advice. I mean, so if you haven't started training yet, it may be too late for anything she's <laughs> going to talk about, but we'll ask her that too. Sure. If, if, you, if, it's, if it's four weeks out and you haven't run a step, we'll ask her what you can do. Um, but she's got some great advice that you probably haven't thought about uh, to help you get ready for the race. And then one of our guests today, too, is coming on strong at a new distance for her. She's an elite runner, one of the great American women who are making their presence felt this year. I can't think of an American distance runner, male or female, who's had a better 2019 than Emily Sisson. She's run 3049 for the 10,000 meters on the track, 10735 for the half marathon, 22308 for the marathon. All incredible times placing her on uh, American top 10 lists. And she'll be here in Atlanta to run the AJC Peachtree Road Race for the first time. And uh, we're going to talk to her about why she chose the Peachtree and and why she's excited to race here on the 4th of July. 
And her training partner is Molly Huddle. We talked about her last week. She is not going to be able to make it on July 4th, but Emily talks about training with her, and it really is kind of a team sport. We think of running as a solo effort, but Jace, sometimes running with someone really helps. You know, having a training partner to push you, not just at speed and pace and distance, but to push you to get out the door in the morning. Maybe that's not such a hard thing for the elite athletes. They're motivated. That's their job. But for folks like us, I know that I wake up a lot of mornings and think I just am not going to do it today. But if I wake up in the morning and I've got a group of people waiting for me to go for the run, it makes a world of difference. And, mm-hmm. and that translates to every level of runner and walker. Uh, and Emily talks about that training with, with Molly Huddle, who has a couple dozen U.S. championships to her name. So if you need motivation, she's certainly the one to go to. She's going to tell us about her furry training partner too. So stay tuned for that on this week's podcast. (laughs) Looking forward to that interview. And then a little bit later in today's show, not all of us are runners, but some have special talents in other areas. And there's a unique contest that's about to get underway. Actually, the applications are closing soon for the Oh Say Can You Sing contest. The Peachtree takes so many skills and talents and treasures to put on, not just those who are running from Peachtree to Piedmont Park. We need a really good singer too, because on the 4th of July, the national anthem is one of the most important things that happens at that start line. And we do a great competition with our friends at 11 Alive, the broadcast partner of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, to pick the best singer in all of Metro Atlanta. But it's not just us that are picking. It's the folks who are participating in the race and the folks who are spectating. So we're going to talk a little about that contest, which, as you said, closes today for submissions. And we'll talk about how you can vote next week. I am proudly wearing my bright white Peachtree Waveknit R2s because what's the AJC Peachtree Road Race without Mizuno, the official footwear and apparel partner of Atlanta Track Club? This year, while at the Health and Fitness Expo, stop by the Mizuno booth to pick up your commemorative medal right next to this year's custom shoe, the one I'm wearing, the limited edition Peachtree 50th Rider Waveknit by Mizuno. After snapping a picture in the photo booth, pick out your favorite piece of exclusive moisture wicking AJC Peachtree Road Race Decades Apparel and 50th AJC Peachtree Road Race Commemorative Tea and Tank. Folks, there will be a lot of moisture that will need to be wicked. Be sure to swing by early. We expect to sell out and you don't want to miss your chance to celebrate history. Well, Jay, let's get to some of the training tips for those who are in their final few weeks here before the AJC Peachtree Road Race. And of course, our go-to on your staff is none other than Amy Begley. Yeah, the go-to on our staff, and it should be the go-to anywhere. Amy is one of the best coaches in the land for not just elite athletes, but all the 60,000 kinds of runners we see on July 4th. And Amy, we're four weeks away, less than four weeks away from the 4th of July. We've talked about this before in earlier seasons, but it's not too late to start training, but it's too late to start training and have high expectations. That would be correct. At this point, I tell people to just start getting used to the heat and humidity and hills and then enjoy the parade down Peachtree. <laughs> and it's okay if you have to do a little running, do a little walking, but uh, yes. where are your participants right now in Peachtree in training? How are they making progress and how does that help them maybe better their times compared to previous years or just get started? At this point in training, they're now hitting six miles and we've started incorporating a few more hills both up and down so that they're not in a lot of pain come <laughs> Peachtree come July 4th. Um, so they're getting to the mileage where they're they're going to be comfortable. You know, they could definitely do the race at this point, but we continue to add a little bit more mileage and a little bit more intensity so that they not only enjoy the race, but they can enjoy the rest of their day. I think you have a, a message that's really important and bears repeating no matter how many times we've all heard it, is that you need to train 
to complete more than 6.2 miles on July 4th? Yeah, our participants do eight miles as their longest run. And I tell them if they've never done Peachtree, they will get at least eight miles on that day. I say you have to get to your starting corral. You have to get to the start line. You have to do the race, which is more than 6.2 by the time you go around everybody in costumes and avoid, you know, different pitfalls during the race. Like, you know, sprinklers if you don't want to get wet or just the stops at the water stops. But then you have to go through our awesome finish line, get your shirt, come and see us at the member tent if you are a member at Park Tavern, and then simply find your way back to your car or go uphill to Marta. (laughs) Yeah, that uphill to Marta might be the worst part of the race (laughs) because it's like, oh, I already did this. But can you give us some tips on tackling those hills? Jay and I were talking the Braves Country 5K was actually a good hill work for uh, a lot of those runners preparing for Peachtree. But what other tips do you have for conquering that on race day? It's one of those things where you can't look at the hill as something that you have to charge into. The hill needs to be a consistent effort from the bottom to the top. And if you need to stop and walk, that's okay. I definitely say make sure that you look behind you and and pull off to the side if you need to walk. And then going downhill, you also need to remember not to go into that really hard at the beginning either. It's also a nice, gentle, let gravity help you down the hill. And for those that have not done any hill work, it's best not to lean back. It's, it's best to just let gravity help you. If you do feel like you're out of control going down a hill, you can throw those shoulders back and it will slow you down. You brought up something a couple seconds ago about water stops and water stops seem like, well, it's really easy. I just stop and get a cup of water. But in the midst of 60,000 people, there's an art to that. Is that something you go over with the runners? We do. We, we talk to them about You don't want to stop at the water stop. If anything, you grab your one or your two cups and you keep moving. You pinch it in the middle and you try to make this little funnel. You know, a lot of people will throw one over them and drink one, which is great. But again, it's not something that you stop at because you need to remember that the parade behind you is not stopping. Yes. And you don't have to stop to the first person holding water. You guys at Atlanta Track Club have plenty of volunteers all along the way. So there's no need to just come to a screeching halt. I mean, actually, the, the tip is is to go to the left when you see the water and then go around into the very last table because usually that one has a lot of water left. So you're usually pretty clear by the time you get to that point. The peach tree in all races, it's so much mental strength as much as it is physical strength. And I know that you're big on talking about peace of mind going into a race and having a mantra. I know that that was something you did throughout your running career. What, what was your mantra when you were running that got you through races? I used five of them. It was... I'm strong, I'm a fighter, I'm a champion, I belong. And the fifth one was whatever I was feeling that matched that day, whether it was, um, you know, I'm tough or I'm a kung fu panda, whatever it was that matched that race at that time. Um, but usually it's it's certain words that make you, I, as I say, puff up your chest and make you feel like you can accomplish anything that you want to on that day. I'm a kung fu panda. I'm going to steal that one, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a lovely song that went along with it, too, with the movie. (laughs) Well, we are talking about the Osei Can You Sing contest this week. If you want to sing for us, too, we're open to auditions here on the Peachtree Podcast. Yeah, I was told to go into art. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we were talking about water stops and things like that. And those details seem not so important. But race day etiquette is important. I noticed this at uh, the Braves Country 5K last weekend, Amy. A lot of people use the run-walk-run method and and maybe take walk breaks. Can you address that, too? Because with 60,000 people on the road, how should you do that if you need to take a little rest? 
I mean, we teach our participants to raise their hand when they are going to start slowing down and to move over to the side. For people that aren't used to that, it's it's something that they will probably learn by the end of Peachtree. Yeah. But we try to have people be very vocal about it or use signals or, you know, or move over to the side before they actually slow down and stop. You know, etiquette in a race is really important to save people from falling or tripping or just just getting aggravated every couple minutes, you know, when you have to go around people. So it, it helps definitely in the heat if you're if everyone is patient and kind yeah. and, and follows the same rules. Well, this race is so different than most too because of the size of the crowd. We always say, don't expect to set a personal record at the AJC Peachtree Road Race, but I know a lot of people want to finish in their best time. So how do you advise that we go about having the most successful race for us, given the conditions, given the crowds? I mean, if you're in a corral you know, that you're probably faster than, I would suggest getting there early and getting at the start of your corral uh, so that you can have a little bit more free open space at the beginning. Um, to also be patient because the more upset you get, the uh, the harder running is for you. So take a deep breath you know, when things start getting frustrating and to know that whatever you've done before, the day is going to be different. I mean, we've had pouring rain. We've had really hot heat. So honestly, it's just when you finish and knowing that you've done your best, that's probably your best peach tree. So many things to think about standing at the start line and, and so many things to forget between now and July 4th. If you had one thing you could ask all participants to remember as they cross that start line, what would it be? It would be to just have patience. Um, you're going you're gonna to be hot. You're going to probably be thirsty. You're going to be tired. You're going to feel like the cardiac hill never ends. But if you can just remember to have patience with yourself and those around you, it's going to make the experience a lot more enjoyable. And again, Amy, you'll be with the uh, celebration crew at the Atlanta Track Club tent on race day. With your in-training participants especially, is it kind of satisfying to see, especially some of the new runners, maybe those who are trying this for the first time, be able to celebrate that first race? I remember what that was like. Yeah, I love being at the member tent when they come through and even our participants who are not members get to come to the member tent as part of training. And I love seeing those that finish it for the first time or ran up cardiac hill for the first time or for the first time that they didn't walk. You know, it, it, it's so many different things and everyone has their, their different goals that they want to accomplish, whether it's breaking an hour or just finishing it, you know, within the time, whatever it is, it's really fun to see them at the end and hear their triumphs and the things that they struggled with so that we can work on for later. But uh, everyone should be celebrating. We hope at the end, at that finish line, it's an accomplishment for all 60,000 running across that day. You're a big part of that. Coach Begley, thanks so much for joining us here on the Peachtree Podcast. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Inspired by your favorite Cliff Bar flavors, Cliff Energy Granola is a delicious new way to kickstart your morning. Made with hearty clusters of organic oats, almonds, cashews, seeds, and dried fruit, it's crafted to deliver sustained energy for adventures big and small. Well, whether it be the track or the roads, one of the hottest runners in America right now is Emily Sisson. She just came off a 2.23.08 marathon debut at the London Marathon in April. She's run the third fastest 10K time on the track ever for an American, and she is running the AJC Peachtree Road Race this July 4th. Emily Sisson joining us just after a run in Scottsdale, Arizona. I saw a picture of you running along the canal in, in Phoenix on your Instagram account outside of Tempe, and 
I know it's it's hot there, but it's not Atlanta hot. It's a different kind of heat. Do you do any any humidity training at all? Yeah, no, it's so different. Um, I grew up in the Midwest, so I was I like didn't know what dry heat was like. I, and then I went to school on the East Coast, so the dry heat's so different than humidity. So I will do some training um, in humid weather, but it won't be until after Peachtree. I'll go to Providence for the month of July before USA's and try to get used to it. I know you've not done Peachtree before, but uh, spoiler alert, it's generally pretty humid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. My body will just remember what it's like running yeah. in the humidity, but it's definitely, it's very different being in the dry heat. Um, I was amazed um, how different 90 degrees when it's dry feels compared to 90 degrees when it's humid. For sure. So I want to talk about your last month or so. It's been just over a month since uh, a, a pretty successful uh, marathon debut, second fastest American debut ever with 223.08 in London. What has your recovery been? How did you bounce back from that? It's been pretty good. I, I took two weeks of planned time off, um, and then I started getting back into running. Um, and I've been running pretty consistently. I had a little bit of a hiccup, but I think that was just from like a random, like just tripped on something and fell. <laughs> so other than that, like I, it's been pretty good. So yeah, so I'm just hoping it continues to go like in that direction. I, I'm not sure my fitness level is. <laughs> it's so weird. Mm. You spend like six, like I think I had like six or seven months of consecutive training where you're training pretty hard and then you take like a couple weeks off and then, yeah, it's just like, I'm like, I don't know where I'm at, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I've had that like really consistent training behind me. So I'm hoping that'll just kind of help me build back and hopefully not take too long to get back to where I was. And so for the summer, heading into the summer, your focus is track 10K US outdoors? Yeah, as of right now, like, I mean, the schedule is always subject to change, but as of right now, the plan is to do uh, a couple road races and then Peachtree and then do USA's in the 10K in July. And then, yeah, I don't have any plans after that. That's like just what we've been thinking. But we'll see. I know I know Molly was talking about doing like a half marathon at some point this year. And I like that sounds intriguing to me. So I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to see what works into the schedule. But the main goal this year was having a good half marathon in Houston and then having a good marathon debut. That was the biggest goal this year. So it's funny, like feeling like having your big goal happen the first half of the year, um, as opposed to like qualifying for like worlds or something, which happens like later in the year. Right. And, and check and check on both those goals. Um, so yeah, uh, a, a good 2019 so far. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been pretty good. I'm pretty thankful. It's been it's been a really good year. And so let's talk about the 10k for a little bit, whether it be on the roads or the track, it's, it seems that that's been a distance that's really clicked for you. Uh, you had, you know, uh, that great track race in March at Stanford, where you ran the third fastest time ever by an American on the track, almost had the road record there for a second at Tufts. But um course was a little short, but that, that's not your fault. Um, what is it about the 10K that works for you? I don't know. I, I do really like the 10K. I mean, it, it's not like my favorite. I love the 10K and I love the half and I love the marathon. I just, I really like all of those races. Um, I can't say like I like one more than the other, but I do love racing the 10K. Like anything 5K and up, I just really enjoy racing. <laughs> so, um, so I mean, I'm really happy I was able to run a good 10K in the buildup of the marathon just because um, everyone talks about how tired you feel and how like your track legs kind of take a while to come back after marathon training. But I don't know, I felt pretty fresh going into Stanford, even though I was doing like high mileage. I don't know, my body just felt like good um, that week from the like mini taper we did. So I, I'm excited to see like what more I can do in the 10K. I feel like I've got a little bit more in me, uh, but everything needs to kind of align. Like, <laughs> I, and that's the hard thing, I feel like, um, when you're trying to 
run fast. You need like good conditions and um, good pace and you just need like everything to kind of line up. So, uh, but no, I do like the 10K just because I've been doing it for a few years now. And um, I don't know, I just always liked it. Speaking of running fast, we've sort of put a challenge on the line for Peachtree 2019 at our 50th running where we're all putting $50,000 out there for the event record, which is pretty quick. It's 30-32 set by Lorna Kiplagat. If all those things you talked about, the weather, uh, the training fall into place, is that something that's in your wheelhouse? I wouldn't say that's the goal going to Peachtree this year. I think I'm just curious to see what it's like racing in Atlanta, especially going into the Olympic year. Um, and like, cause I hear it's like hilly and humid. So I kind of just want to experience that myself and see, cause like, you hear so much about it and you hear everyone talk it up. So I just want to see what I actually think of it. If it's as challenging as everyone says, and maybe it is, <laughs> or if people just like exaggerate a little bit, I don't know. Cause I do hear it's a really hilly, humid place to run. So I'm really curious what that's like. And I just, I kind of want to go, just also get back racing after like some time off. So for me, I, I don't think I'm trying to run that fast, like right away again. I think I'm just trying to like build back up slowly and then just see how I handle uh, racing in Atlanta. It's hilly and humid for sure. I, I can confirm that as someone who does all, all my running here. Um, hopefully on the trials uh, in February, it will not be humid. It generally isn't. But so speaking of the trials, I know that post US outdoors that the plans aren't completely in place, but marathon trials clearly on your radar, especially after that great debut in London. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely the marathon trials. I am planning as of right now to do the marathon trials and the 10K trials on the track. So um, we'll, like, you never know what can happen between now and then. But as of right now, that's what I want to do. So that's what I'm planning on. So yes, yeah, so I think I'm gonna have to do some more hilly runs, just like hilly long runs. I think that is what I want to do between now and um, February. So you probably are going to, I think I know the answer to this already based on what you said about everything from the 5k to the marathon, but you've had equal success on the roads and the, and the track. Do you have a preference? I do prefer racing on the roads, but I still love the track. Um, mm -hmm. I just think the roads, I don't know, something about racing on the roads for me, I just get a, that little bit extra, like bit of excitement before a road race. And I still love racing on the track, but um, for, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, every morning I wake up when I have like a road race, I'm like so excited and just like, ready to go or is it the track races I still get excited but I usually wake up and I'm like oh I have all day <laughs> to kind of like just like hang around because we always race at night on the track so I don't even know what it is exactly but I do prefer the roads a little bit but I mean track is still like that's where I started so I still love it. So there's 60,000 people in Peachtree and, and most of them are are, are not going to be at the front of the pack and that uh, you know a lot of them are running their 10k for the first time or trying to break an hour and you know i was looking through your instagram and twitter account before we talked and i thought what what would people relate to and i saw your latest instagram post where you said you know it used to be great to be able to roll out of bed and click <laughs> off seven minute miles but kind of alluding to the fact that age is caught up to you but you're 27. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i joke about it like me and my friends my age all joke about it like how in college we used to just get up. Well, I mean, we also weren't doing like as high mileage, but you could just roll out of bed at like 7.30 in the morning and just start running like sub seven minute pace. And now whenever I start my run, I like need a warm up into it. <laughs> I've got like, yeah. I need like a, like a mile or two where I'm not running super fast just to warm up my body. <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't know, I just think especially after the marathon, it amazed me how like 
even like two or three weeks after the marathon, I'd get out of bed in the morning and I'm like, oh, I'm still sore. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was only going to last like a week or something. But I mean, I don't, I'm feeling a lot better now, actually. But um, it, I just thought it was funny how at 27, I'm just like, oh, I feel like a little sore in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm 35. It doesn't get better. <laughs> yeah, I know everyone's comments on that post were like not very encouraging. <laughs> They're like, just wait till you get to my age. It's like, and then they like list something worse. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> but I mean, we also at the same time do a really good job as professional athletes taking care of our bodies. So I do like try to treat it really well because I ask a lot of my body. <laughs> And longevity is a strong point for you because, you know, a lot of these athletes who have success like you did earlier on, you know, winning a junior cross country title in eighth grade are maybe not running at that same level at 27. What has been your secret to success for being so competitive and so successful for so long? I think there's been a few things because I did start running as pretty young. It's probably like 13 or 14. Um, But I did a lot of sports growing up as a kid. So I wasn't just like really intense about running at a young age. Um, I I tried pretty much every sport out there. And I was pretty bad at most of them. But I like did enjoy trying them. And I really enjoyed soccer. That was like my favorite. Um, And I think just kind of like trying a bunch of different things and not just having this like one singular focus at such a young age. And because then as I got older and I got more like invested in it, I was doing it because I really loved it and I enjoyed it. And I like throughout the whole, uh, I guess the last like 14 years I've been running and I still really like it. So I think that helps. And I think having like a slower approach, gradually building year after year and not making like big changes, that consistency and just enjoying the sport has probably made the biggest difference because I haven't really felt burnt out from it (laughs) ever. So uh, I think that's been really key is just um, that like slow and steady approach and just making sure I'm still enjoying it every day. Not, I mean, some days are harder than others, but I, I like everyone has those days where you're tired and maybe not quite as motivated, but, um, but generally for the most part, I really love my job. So I think that definitely helps with longevity. For sure. Uh, one of the things that we want to do here at Atlanta Trout Club for Peachtree, but also for the trials in February is take some of these people who live here and maybe compete in the races, maybe run Peachtree and turn them into distance running fans. So to do that, we have to show them who they are cheering for. So we've talked about the running nerd stuff, which I could talk about all day, but let's just talk about some of the things that that people might enjoy knowing about you. And one of the things I think that a lot of people can relate to is you are a dog owner and a dog lover. In fact, your dog has (laughs) their own Instagram account. Tell us about your dog. I love my dog. He's this like three-year-old golden retriever, the most like loyal, like goofy thing. <laughs> I'm like, my husband and I are pretty obsessed with him, but you know, he's great. I, we actually, my husband runs with him a lot. Um, his name's Desmond, but they'll go for runs. It's a little hot now here, but in like the winter and like fall and so, like spring, they would run like four or five days together. And sometimes like I'll meet up with them and run with like our dog and my husband for a bit. And that's kind of fun. And I think he's just like such a goofball that like after like a workout, if like it's really good or not that great, I still come home and I just like curl up on the couch with him and, and just like r- rest and recover. And he's great for that. So yeah, and I think having a dog is so fun, especially as a professional runner, because a lot of what we have to do between runs is recover. So he's just like my recovery buddy. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. great. And you're a relatively newlywed. It looked like you had an a- amazing wedding. How has the um, transition to married life been for you? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, my husband and I got married last August. Uh, he's from Ireland. So we went and got married in his hometown, Waterford. 
And um, no, it's on, it's been good. To be honest, it feels like nothing changed. So I feel like that's probably a good thing. <laughs> it feels kind of the same as it was before we got married. So I think that's, I think that's really good for us anyway. Um, but yeah, no, it's been really good. We moved across the country. So that was a big change. But other than that, yeah, it feels like we things have just kind of stayed the same, which um, I like. So definitely a good thing. So you're training in Arizona now more than in Providence, but you've got a great training group there with your coach, Ray Tracy. Talk about being able to train with people like Molly Huddle, who has, you know, I don't even know how many national titles, but lots of them. Talk about how that helps your your race performance, having such a strong training group. I think she's at like 20 something. It's really high. (laughs) But no, it's been great training with her and having Ray as my coach because I don't really question a lot of things. And I feel like I can learn a lot because I know what Molly's done is like obviously worked and she's very successful so I kind of try to learn off what's worked for her even though we are different athletes so different things will work for each of us but um kind of learning how she has ascended through the sport and um how she like handles things has been great for me just to learn but just kind of like watching her and then having Ray who's like had so many good successful athletes come out of his program and had long careers it's nice having a coach not like questioning anything you just kind of like you kind of uh, trust his approach and I know it works for me so I've been surrounded by a lot of really talented runners like Kim Smith and um, Roisin McGettigan like just being around them in Providence like if I had any questions I could like go to them and everyone it's nice because they all had very different experiences as professional runners so um, they all have like different like takes on things and um, different advice and so um, what worked for one person might not have worked for the other and and I think that's good to know because not everyone is the same every athlete's a little different every person's a little different so um, having so many people surrounding me that was really positive I think. Well, you'll have about 59,999 people behind you on July 4th, all of who will probably have a different pre-race routine than you. They're going to take the train to the start, and they're going to probably have to get there a couple hours early. What's your go-to pre-race routine? Um, I mean, I'm not like superstitious or anything, but um, I do like think it's important not to try anything new on race day. So I don't know, I probably eat like a type of breakfast I would have like before a workout, and I just have it like make sure... I have it at like uh, enough time beforehand so I can digest and everything. So, I mean, I don't do anything super different. I like to keep like that routine the same because I know that works and there's no surprises. But it's just, I mean, really standard. I just kind of like keep it consistent. I eat like something similar to what I normally eat and warm up around the same time I normally warm up and kind of just break the morning down into like chunks like that. But yeah, I don't have anything like super special. There's no like secret <laughs> to like um, the previous routine, um, but just keeping it like fairly consistent, just not trying anything new on race morning. Yeah. I think that's probably the best race advice. No matter how many times you hear it, nothing new on race day cannot be said enough. I know. I've heard yeah, so many nothing, horror stories. From nothing new on new race shoes. day. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No. Well, Emily, I know you just got back from a run, so I'll let you go get a stretch and, and hang out with Desmond. Thanks so much for, for talking to us. <laughs> Thanks so much for having podcast. me. All right. Bye-bye. Well, Delta is the official airline of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Delta flies to 300 cities. That's 300 cities where people sing in the car poorly. 300 cities where people miss someone in one of our other 299 cities. We don't fly to 300 cities merely to bring us together, but to show us we're not that far apart. Delta, proud to be the official airline of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. The AJC Peachtree Road Race, celebrating 50. Take your mark for a chance to win big. The Georgia Lottery is awarding a total of $50,000 at the 50th AJC Peachtree Road Race. The Georgia Lottery will randomly select five Peachtree participants to win $5,000 and 50 participants to win $500. 
Winning participants will find special congratulations messaging on the back of their race numbers, so be sure to check yours when you pick it up at the expo. Find all the rules and details online at atlantatrackclub.org. We're joined now by Kelly Kremis, the Digital Marketing Manager for 11 Alive. 11 Alive is the TV partner of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. And on race morning, if you can't make it out on the course, you can watch all the festivities live on 11 Alive starting at 6 in the morning. They get up early. (laughs) Yeah, they they get up early. They're out there real early. And then at night, if you wanted to see what you already saw all day, if you wanted a recap of the day, you can watch a great great special at 8 o'clock highlighting all the great moments from the race that year. And then this year on July 3rd, 11 Alive is doing 50 years of the peach tree, a special look back at all 50 years of the race. But what we're talking to Kelly about today is something that 11 Alive has been doing for the past couple of years now as our TV partner. They help us pick the national anthem singer every year. And there's a lot of pressure in this, Jay. It's a lot of pressure. And, you know, other than the t-shirt contest, this is really the most exciting contest that we have around this race. So what they do is uh, they put the call out for anybody who can come sing the national anthem they get YouTube videos from singers around the area and then we all vote and Kelly tell us how that contest came to be what's the history of that so I think it's really just that not only is there so much talent here in Atlanta, but just all of the people that come in for the race, just I think with the AJC Peachtree Road Race, you expect a certain quality with the race, right? So we want the best of the best. And I think 11 Alive sets it up really well for that, especially the area that we are in. There's so much talent here. People from all over, Jay, we actually have people from Iowa and Texas trying to enter this year. Wow. <laughs> but unfortunately, it only is open to those who live in metro atlanta but we get from rome all the way down to stockbridge people entering so it's an exciting time all of us have different singing abilities you'll never be asking me to sing this on july 4th for the record but (laughs) uh, but how do you judge and make that decision on okay who best represents atlanta at this race because it is such an important july 4th tradition Right. So the Atlanta Track Club actually helps us with the judging process, too. But we are lucky here at 11 Alive. We have an array of people. We have one employee who was a contestant on The Voice from NBC. So we know that she is great to really gauge and judge the quality of that singing. And then we have our producers with the A scene who are interacting with the entertainment scene in Atlanta all the time. So we have really great quality people here who know and understand uh, what comes from a great performance. And then again, we work with the track club to really narrow it down to the top four finalists. And then we let the viewers and Metro Atlanta vote from there. Now, who sang it last year? Remind me, we had kind of a a young Calista Clark. And she was young. I think she was just 15 or 14 at the time. I'm telling you, the talent that comes in from these videos is insane. So yes, Calista Clark was the winner last year and she did great. She knocked it out of the park. The talent is great. And I, you know, I've looked through some of the finalists over the last couple of years and it's always really hard to choose. But right. not everything is great. You get to see some funny moments as people right. people give it their best, but maybe are unintentionally a little bit humorous. Right. It's sort of like that, you know, American Idol or The Voice where you have people come in and just want to give it a shot. But I applaud anyone who has the gumption to send a video in <laughs> to <laughs> a local news station of themselves singing because that takes courage. And you do find those little you know, nuggets in there. But overall, people are genuinely excited. And I think this is a great year for it, too. We already have over 30 entries and 
people are excited about the 50th running. It's a great year. So we choose the finalists, but how does the actual winner get chosen? So the actual winner, the finalists are narrowed down to top four. And once the top four is chosen, there's a whole week. So all next week, top four will be voted on. And only 11 Alive can see the actual tally of the numbers. And then the top two finalists from those numbers are then invited to the 11 Alive studios. And the final winner will be announced on Morning Rush. So that will be for both contests. So for the Anthem Peachtree Jr. and the AJC Peachtree Road Race, Oh Say Can You Sing contest, we will invite the top two finalists from those contests to our studios and they'll be announced live on TV. Okay, so when can we watch for that? Because I know a lot of the participants want to know who's made it to that final round. Right, so beginning Monday, June 10th at 5 a.m., I believe, the um, top four finalists will be on 11alive.com and everyone will have a chance to view the videos of the performances that have been narrowed down from the many that we receive and they'll have a chance to vote and they'll have a chance to share the links with their friends and family and their communities to vote as well. And then the voting ends at 5 p.m. on Friday. So once that vote is down, we contact the top two finalists for each contest and invite them into the studio on Monday. Want to bring up one thing you just said, the Anthem Peachtree Junior Singer. So that's new this year. We've always looked for an AJC Peachtree Road Race singer, but this year we're getting a national anthem singer for the kids. Yes, we are. And we have a couple of contestants floating in for that, too. Could definitely always use more. But just again, I am impressed at the quality of the singers that we have brought in. I'm telling you, there's so much talent here in the Atlanta area that even though that contest is open from 10 to 14, I mean, these kids are singing beyond their age range. It's amazing. So we're up against it. If you want to submit an entry, it's Thursday right now. Tomorrow's the last day. Yes, Friday, June 7th at 12 noon. It's the cutoff. And we always get a few that trickle in after. And if I'm feeling friendly, I'll let you in. (laughs) All right. So show us your stuff. But what a cool honor because there are so many goosebump moments with the AJC Peachtree Road Race. This is one of them because you set the scene for the flyover, which just that's just one of those really cool moments for all 60,000 people who will be watching. Do you ever worry about people forgetting the lyrics, though? Because I always fear that for them. (laughs) I do. Kind of leading up to the whole race, I worry, oh, my gosh, will they show up? Because it is a very, very early morning. But I just, you know, I imagine that my nerves are nothing like theirs are. Again, these people have been through the process, so they know what they're doing. And they've proven it. So they've proven it up until that point. So it's always a great time. I get chills. Just even when you mentioned that flyover, I get chills. So it's amazing. It's a great time for our city. And it's such an exciting Atlanta tradition. Even more exciting, I think, for the 50th, Jay. Absolutely. And we hope you'll vote when we put the finalist up when 11 Alive puts the finalist up next week. Singers, if you want to make those last minute submissions in the Oh Say Can You Sing contest, just email your video of you singing the Star Spangled Banner to contest at 11alive.com. Kelly Crummis, Digital Marketing Manager for 11 Alive and a big part of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, helping us pick the singer who kicks it all off. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you all and good luck, everyone. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave. All right, Jay, so... You want to give the Star Spangled Banner a try here? You know, I'd like to say that I'm too busy on race morning, but the truth is no one needs to hear me sing. (laughs) 
I used to sing in high school, actually. Though. Okay. And now right. I just sing in the car poorly. Uh, <laughs> and you already you already said you're not. You're no, not I'm out here. on July fourth. I'll stick to the running part. Okay. You stick to your day job, and uh, we're all better for it. I, I think. think so. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> but uh, hope our listeners will make some of those last minute submissions with Eleven Alive, and hope you'll join us here again next week. We've got a lot of great guests, including one of our favorites from over the years. She's one of my personal favorites because I still hope that I'm running in my nineties. And Betty Lindbergh, she is actually still doing it back for another peach tree this year. Yeah, she's back. She wouldn't miss it. I saw her last night. She was running the 100 meters in our all-comers <laughs> track and field meet, uh, getting ready for a Grand Prix race next week. But she's also out there training for 10K. She's the oldest participant in the AJC Peachtree Road Race. And uh, she has some words of wisdom that'll keep us all running into our 90s. And then we'll also be joined by the very first winner of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, a guy who's really had a lasting impact on this sports, not just here in Atlanta, but worldwide. Yeah, people around the world have learned how to run and walk and compete in races of all distances. Thanks to Jeff Galloway, the 1970 champion of then the Carling Peachtree Road Race, went on to run in the Olympics in 1972. And then, as you said, went on to start a a training program that's world renowned. And uh, he's right here in Atlanta. A lot of people don't know that. Jeff Galloway, they know his name. They don't know that he's right down the road from us here at uh, Fidipides' store. So uh, we're going to talk to him not only about winning that first race, which he's got vivid memories of, but but his running career and how it's evolved over the last five decades. And of course, we'll also still be giving our listeners to a sneak peek of what's to come for the 50th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. So many cool things are happening this year that uh, don't normally happen, but we have to celebrate big time this year, Jay. Yeah, one of my favorite elements of the AJC Peachtree Road Race is the Shepherd Center Wheelchair Division. And we have a, a, an event record this year, $50,000 to break the event record in both the men's and women's open wheelchair division as well as the foot race. And that would be a huge prize in the wheelchair world. It could really happen though this year. It could definitely happen. Daniel Romanchuk, who won last year, was just two seconds off the men's event record. We've got a really strong women's field we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk a little bit about that race, what that prize money means for the wheelchair world, and what this race means to the world of wheelchair racing. Well, join us for more great guests and uh, get out there. Get your miles in this week. Thanks for joining us here on the Peachtree Podcast. You've been listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks to this week's sponsors. For more information, visit atlantatrackclub.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Track Club. A DYJ Media Production.